Hey, let's pray. We're going to bring the word. We want to turn your Bibles to John chapter 4. Uh, I'm going to talk about the story of the woman at the well this morning um, and look at the, how the gospel unfolded in that story. But let's pray first. Hey, Lord God, we thank you for your word and we thank you for the power of your word. Um, sometimes in this world, Lord, there's not much we can trust, but we can trust your word. So, Lord, we come with our trust. We come with our faith to you this morning, looking at your word to encourage us, to maybe recenter us, um, to get our eyes off the things of this world and onto you. And so, Lord, we ask that you would, um, yeah, just draw us. As we draw close to you, Lord, we, we just claim your promise that you will draw close to us. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want to ask you this morning, um, have you ever felt stuck? Put your comments in the chat if you want to. I'm sure we all feel a bit stuck at the moment. I feel a bit stuck. Um, but I'm not really asking whether you feel stuck in your circumstances. Maybe that's part of it, but whether we feel stuck in our relationship with God. And really interesting, um, the story of the woman at the well. Um, you know, I've never kind of considered this a lot before, but she was a religious woman. You know, the Samaritans and the Jews had their religious fights. And if you look at the verses, as you read through that story of the woman at the well in John chapter 4, you find that she wasn't non-religious. Um, she believed in God. She tried to get Jesus into an argument about worship and where to worship. So it wasn't that she wasn't religious. It wasn't that she didn't believe in God, but she was stuck. And this morning, I want to talk about how we can get unstuck in our relationship with Jesus. And we're really talking about contagious love. So what's that got to do with being stuck or unstuck? is that when things get stuck, um, our courage, love and the gospel has less of an impact on those around about us. And so we want to look at that this morning. You know what? You may not believe this, <clears throat> but I love vacuuming. Maybe because I don't do it so often. But I love vac I actually love cleaning. That's probably why I don't do it so often, because I get really anal about it. And so I love it to be perfect when I'm finished. Same with a mow on the lawn. I love it to be perfect when I'm finished. And there's nothing worse, is there, than a vacuum cleaner that doesn't work. And you know, when one works, it sucks stuff up and the carpet's looking great. And then suddenly, you know, you're running over bits of stuff on the carpet and nothing's happening. And you know, if we're brave enough, we stop the vacuum cleaner, we get undo you ever done that undo the coat hanger the wire coat hanger or you get a torch and you look down the hose and you see a big hairball in the vacuum cleaner and you think i'm not sure if i want to go there and if i'm really brave i'll undo the, the wire coat hanger start poking in there because suddenly um a vacuum cleaner depends on air the flow of air for it to have an impact on my carpet. And if there's a blockage there, then the flow of the air stops. You know, what's well, the same in our lives. If there's a blockage, the flow of the air, the pneuma, the spirit stops. And suddenly we stop having an impact. And, you know, this happened for the woman at the well. She was not an irreligious person in a lot of senses. But she wasn't having impact on her society and even more than that, she wasn't even having victory in her own life. And that's often, those two often go together, that we don't have the victory and we don't have an impact around about us. But you know what? Jesus showed up. How good is that? 
when this woman was trying to avoid people, it says the six hour of the day in, in the way the, the clock worked in those days um, in that land, that was the middle of the day. All the women went out and get their water in the cool of the day. But she went out in the heat of the day to avoid everyone else. Isn't that interesting? But then here's Jesus. He shows up and suddenly his contagious love starts to change things. So this morning, I just got three points. And um, the first one is that contagious love, <clears throat> we love to say changes us. Well, we'll get to that. But it challenges us. And so here's this encounter with Jesus, with this woman. And, you know, he asked for water. He just engages relationally as Jesus was so good at doing that. And um, he asked the lady for water and she picks up on this straight away. You're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan. We're not even supposed to be talking. I'm a woman. You're a man. We're not even supposed to be talking. What are you doing? Asking me for a drink of water. And Jesus turns it. You see how beautifully he turns it into a spiritual conversation. But in that, he brings a challenge. He said to this woman, go and call your husband to come back. You know what? In that moment, I've, I haven't seen this before on this page, but she should have said, she could have said, right? She could have said, okay, I'll go get him. And that would have been the end of the story. She could have run away. She could have avoided Jesus' challenge. But she didn't. When Jesus challenged her with truth, she said this, I have no husband. She went straight to confession. She went straight. To, yeah, friends, if you want to get your blockage unblocked, we just got to, when we hear the challenge of the Holy Spirit, we just got to get honest. We got to say, you know what, God, you're right. I'm not doing the right thing. I am off the track. Things need to get fixed. And she did that. She said, I have no husband. Jesus replied to her, you're right when you say you have no husband. In fact, you've had five husbands and the man you now live with is not your husband. I love this story. Um, it's a bit like <clears throat> I was saying about the hairball and the vacuum cleaner. You know what? Other people, especially, you ever loan, don't loan your vacuum cleaner out. You ever done that? Um, because you don't know if it gets a hairball after that. You actually don't know whose stuff's in there. And if you're a bit of a germaphobe, you're probably tempted to chuck out your vacuum cleaner and get a new one. Because you don't want to go there. And you know what? Some people are like that with our lives. We, we, we almost throw away our relationship with Jesus or throw away our eternity because we don't want to face the gunk that's in the blockage. But you know what? Jesus is not put off by that. We might have shame like the lady did. And we, we may not want to face it, but she did. And Jesus does. And when Jesus says, hey, what about this issue in your life? If we just let him go there, let him get the wire coat hanger and do some prodding, it's not comfortable. But if we allow the challenge to come, change can come as well. And that's my second point this morning. Contagious, contagious love, the love of God, the unconditional love, not only challenges me, but it changes me. I've got notes, as you can tell. And we see here, then leaving the water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be? She asked the question. See, she's on a faith journey. Could this be the Christ? She said before in the passage, you'll see, um, sir, I see that you are a prophet. 
And she said, oh, we believe that the Messiah is coming. So you can see this lady's face beginning to grow and grow, and her heart start to open up to Jesus. And even more so here when she says, come see a man. Could this be the Christ? What I love here is here is a woman that went from hiding and shame to running to the very people she is avoiding. I'd say her shame was taken away. I'd say through that encounter with Jesus that her shame was taken away. You know what? If, if we have shame, we need to encounter Jesus again. If our shame is stopping us sharing the love of God, stopping the flow of the love of God in our lives, we need to encounter Jesus again because he takes away our shame. He takes away that feeling of, I'm not good enough. I'll never be good enough. You know what? When we come into a relationship with Jesus, we become the sons and daughters of the King. We become more than good enough because of Him and because of our relationship with Him. Yeah, well, that lady forgot about his sin. Hallelujah. It was not only forgiven, but I believe it was forgotten. She ran and engaged people. And she said, come see a man. That's, you know what? We see the change. We see the change right there. We know we've encountered Jesus when we suddenly don't care what people think anymore. How good is that? Our sin is forgiven. Our shame is taken away. And all we suddenly become different people. We become freer. We love more. We care more. Suddenly the blockage is gone. And the flow of God's love and power begins to flow through us. And before we know it, it's beginning to impact others. The same contagious love that challenged us and changed us flows through us and begins to impact those around about us. So my third point this morning is contagious love changes others. doesn't just challenge me, doesn't just change me, but when that happens, it can't help but challenge and change others. And we see here in John 4, 39, many of the Samaritans. So she was avoiding her fellow townspeople. She was avoiding. Suddenly she engaged with them. Suddenly her story brings an impact to those around about her. It says many of the Samaritans from that town believed in Jesus because of the woman's testimony. Here's a woman in hiding who suddenly, because of Jesus, comes out of hiding and there's an impact in her community because of her testimony. We're not told how many we're told many could have been hundreds when the blockage is gone when the blockage is gone too much coffee not enough water when the blockage is gone this contagious love begins to flow we need to realize the impact we can have on others i was rereading i love this story about william booth 1865, the beginning of the, well, what a lot of people say the beginning of the Salvation Army. We, we know it started before then. It became the name of the Salvation Army in 1878. But in 1865, this is what happened. William Booth found it, were wandering around the eastern end of London in the poorest of the poor places, the working class in those days, which were quite poor, found himself outside a tavern. And he started reading, reciting a hymn and got some attention, as you can imagine, and, and someone threw a rotten egg at him. And as that egg was running down his cheek, you know what? He went home. Thank you. He went home. You know, I, I, when I 
seen that story before, you kind of forget the part of the rotten egg. I thought, oh, you know, he's walking around, these poor people, and he sees the need of the gospel. And, you know, he went home and said to Catherine Breeze, darling, I found my destiny. You know what? I didn't, I, I forgot that he probably had rotten eggs still on his face when he said that. He hadn't yet got the victory, but by faith, he saw the need. I love that. And, and so he, that's where God got hold of him. And he wasn't to see. Although, you know what? I think he did see. Some people would believe that he saw the crowds coming. He believed that Jesus was going to have an impact um, on England for starters. And so they'd have these big Congress meetings. And in many ways, William Booth's vision was fulfilled as he saw hundreds and thousands of people come to know Jesus and then gather in his name. I believe um, William Booth saw that. You know what? I think our vision needs to be refreshed. I love the story. Oh, no more water. It's all over the floor. I love the story of Walt Disney. You know, and Walt Disney passed away and, and uh, opening um, one of the Disneylands, I forget which one, and his wife was there and this person was opening it and uh, about to open it and, and Walt Disney had passed away and, and the gentleman said, um, wouldn't it have been great, said to his wife, wouldn't it have been great if Walt Disney saw this? You know what his wife said? He did. He did. He didn't see it come to reality, but he had the vision and he made it happen. He may not have been there to see the reality, but he, through the vision, believed in it and made it happen. You know what? I believe that happened with William Booth and the Salvation Army as well, that he saw hundreds coming to Jesus, thousands coming to Jesus before they started coming to Jesus. You know what? I believe God needs to restore our vision, not just get us unblocked, and get the flow happening again, but to realize that when that flow is happening and we stay unblocked and in close relationship with Jesus, we can't help but have an impact on other people. May God refresh our vision this morning that this woman who was hiding in her shame, suddenly not only did Jesus turn her life around, but Jesus used her to turn a town around. Do you believe that Jesus could use you to turn your neighborhood around. All we need to do is allow him to challenge us. Allow his love to challenge us. Allow his um, love to change us. And then see that through that, um, his love will change our community. Can we believe for that this morning? You know what? I'm encouraged recently as I journey with different ones of you individually and watch you wrestle. You know what? I'm wrestling a bit at the moment myself. And it's okay to wrestle. It's okay. I was, I was looking for some inspiration the other day and got under a Derek Prince teaching. I thought this will be encouraging. You know what? He was talking about how to become more dependent on God and less independent. And suddenly God's challenging me about how I'm still too independent. I still try to do things my way and work them out. But you know what? If we, if we, if we know God is challenging us, then there's hope because he's removing the last bit of blockage, the last bit of gunk out of our life, or the next bit of gunk out of our life, so that his love can flow through us, so that not only can we change, but that we can change, we can be used by God to change others. And so I'm encouraged when I see people challenged, and so many times over the years, especially recently, I've heard people tell stories to me of how God is convicting them and challenging them with big stuff, 
with big stuff. And I want to encourage you that as you allow him, just like the woman at the well, allow him to, to forgive you, to um, help you forget, to take away your shame, to be reminded that you are a son and daughter of the king, that you know what, not only will you be changed, not only will you get the victory, but our society will be impacted. People around you, family, your friends, and wider than people you come into contact with will be impacted because of the Holy Spirit flowing through your life. This morning, as we reflect on a song, I want you to just, I don't know, be still. And the Bible tells us in Psalms to be still and know that I am God. Be still and hear that challenge. And you know what? If you've heard the challenge in the midst of it, remember that Jesus came gently. He didn't condemn this woman. He was honest. He was truthful, but he was also full of grace. And when God challenges us, when the Holy Spirit challenges us, um, he comes with love. He comes with gentleness. He wants us to draw near to him and wait on him and be restored with him. So while this song plays, I just encourage you to take this time to listen to him, allow him to comfort you, to challenge you, to comfort you, to love on you. And um, let's see what happens with that, hey?